You gotta listen to Giannis first. He felt good. The sports performance group. Um, he'd been checking boxes the last, you know, couple days and making progress. And uh, you know, he was cleared and, and, and he wanted to go. And everybody was on the same page. So, you know, it's just a credit to him. And you know, we talk just the work he puts in, the work the sports performance group puts in. Um, you know, for him to be back playing in game one, um, he's just—it's uh, really impressive what he did. Them dudes is big dudes, man. Um... You know, that's where we really get the offense going, especially. You know, just try to clean up some of that stuff so we can get on the run and give ourselves some momentum as well. And, you know, I try my best. And, you know, Jake, guys like Jake Crowder and T. Craig, you know, coming in there just getting some tips or, you know, boxing or guys like P.J. Tucker and not like, really strap it on my hand when I get the board. Whacking that thing around. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Were you finding like the worst sound bites from the press conferences last night? I mean, I was trying to find the most depressing one, but okay. I also enjoyed that. I think he succeeded. I, 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 I also enjoy that DeAndre Ayton basically said the Bucks are very big. That was his take <laughs> on the game. Zed's take on yeah. a lot of things too. Um, by the way, Ed, are are you uh, you're going to Garth Brooks this weekend? Yeah, well. <laughs> If I figure out the bargaining situation, <laughs> Mick Akers just wrote a story in the review journal. I, I knew this was the price, but I guess like limited parking was like a hundred bucks. You gonna pay it? No, won't pay a hundred. But yeah. the only key is I would Uber. But you and I were talking about this. It's McGregor at T-Mobile, Garth Brooks at Legion. I can only imagine when you call up Uber after that concert. You know they'll be there in two hours. The wait on that would be so that's gonna stink too. And, and it'll cost more than parking too. It'll cost more. Reached out to the son. I said it's going to cost mom and I a hundred. He goes, "I'll do it for 50. And I keep yeah. uh, actually. You know what? I said twenty five. Um, yes, you're twenty five. Well, right now we're 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 dealing with some sort of rush hour prices, so uh, it's up to forty five. <laughs> so you might want to you just bump it to forty five. You want to lock it in? Can now. I can I like play you off the sun? Surge, like we'll just like surge do pricing. Yeah, surge pricing and do yeah. it off that. Yeah, he did, sure. He did follow up to text with love you. <laughs> and I appreciate <laughs> it. Yes, and I appreciate you. Anyway, I that's I mean I look I know I know NFL I you you accept for the most part if you're going to an NFL game or a huge concert you're going to pay a lot for parking I get that but there has to be other options. Your she's son. not she's not your son no, driving you for fifty. Bucks? She's not paying a hundred. <laughs> no chance. Is she paying your son fifty dollars to drive you? That could happen. <laughs> <laughs> At which time the daughter would be mad and say I'll do it for forty five. And then by the time we get down to 20, one of the kids are like, yeah, hey, I'm out. I'm out. It's not worth it. You people go. She can do it. Oh, phenomenal. All right. Adam Silver spoke yesterday uh, before the NBA Finals got started. And one of the things he brought up was the play-in tournament and that it will return for next season. So this year, we got to see the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seeds in the East and the West play in a play-in round uh, to get into the actual NBA playoffs. We got to see LeBron in it. We got to see Steph Curry in it. We got to see the Celtics, even though they were falling apart in it. We got to see, you know, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. The Wizards were in it. We got to see some good teams and some good players in the play-in. I have to imagine in the future, we're not going to see LeBron and Steph Curry in the NBA play-in, but I'm still excited for it. Like, I still think this is a good thing the NBA has added, and it makes it more fun to watch the NBA playoffs. I love it. 
I want it to keep happening. You're exactly right because there won't be the injuries. So they're not, you're not going to, I mean, no one wants anyone to get hurt, but the odds are that those two level of superstars would be hurt is not, is not uh, palpable. I don't think they'll finish that low. So I love the playing though. I mean, I'm all for that. I think it's really cool. The reason I think it's cool is you are giving some of the like lesser known stars chances to play in important games, games that matter and games that people watch. Because like, take for example, the, the Suns, they didn't make the playoffs last year. Like that's a team that would have conceivably been in a play-in type game, seven to 10 seed, right? Zion and the Pelicans, they have not made the playoffs. John Morant was in the play-in this year with the Grizzlies, you know, Bradley Beal and the Wizards, right? Like the play-in gives those players, those teams a chance to play in games that, that actually mean something. They're not going to win the title. We, we know that Zion, if he gets the nine seed with the Pelicans in the West, we know they're not winning the title. Right? Yeah, but you get to see them more. But we get to see them play in games that matter. Yeah. And even and and we can get excited for games and teams that aren't going to win the title, that aren't going to have any bearing on the title. We do it every year in every sport, and this gives us more of that. And it gives you the the what we love about college basketball and the NCAA tournament, the sort of one-game elimination, the one game of, hey, you're going home in this scenario. It gives us that with some players that you don't get to see a lot. It gives them a chance to play in big games. That's why I like it because we'll see those teams play more important games because even now, you know, or before the season, you get the eight seed in the East to the West. Cool. You lose in four or five to the one seed. Like you're, you're, you're not really playing in significant games, even though it's the playoffs because you're losing And this, if you're the eight seed, yeah, you'd rather be in the playoffs, but now we get to watch you play, you know, the seven seed and the winner gets into the playoffs right away. And if you lose, now you're playing like the nine seed. And you're going home. It's I don't know. I I it creates fun. It creates more enjoyment. I think for the sport of basketball, and especially in the playoffs, where until this year the playoffs are generally extremely predictable. I think he was hurt. You'll know this, but this is a perfect kind of example of being able to watch someone like Lamelo Ball earlier in his career. Yeah, well, he played. I th- he, he did. Played. I think got, he was hurt. Okay, they got beat by like thirty by okay. the Pacers in, okay. the, in the first game. But again, that gives you like a young star that's really cool to watch. They get to watch for a game or two more games or whatever. Right. And what's the harm in that? I don't know. There's no harm in it. Like, he's not going to go on and win it. So I'd rather watch LaMelo Ball for a few more games. Yeah. So I am absolutely here for the play-in games sticking around and the NBA keeping them going, even if the players, whatever, if LeBron wants to complain about it because he's got to play in it, I don't care. Like, the, it, it was more fun to see that happen. Well, if he's got to play else. in it again, then there's something really wrong, right? I mean, <laughs> I can't believe they're ever going to be in that. Well, with him on the team, who knows what's going to happen yes. in the future. But with him on the team, that's not going to happen. Anthony again. Davis still is not back from his injury. They, yes, exactly. they might be the seventh seed again. <laughs> it might be a problem. But, yes, that's probably won't see LeBron in it again. But it'll still be – I think it'll still be fun. And the other, the other part of this was – the end of the regular season was better because you're creating more important games where obviously yeah. if the you know if the teams that are 11 and 12 are close to the number 10 obviously they're playing to try to get into that 10 seed but right. beyond that like the difference between 8 and 9 is big because if you're the 8 seed if you win your first game you're in yeah. you're in whereas if you're the 9 seed you've got to win two in a row two in a row to get in, to get in. so Nine trying to catch eight is big. And then even beyond that, the difference between six and seven is massive. Because again, if you're the sixth seed, you're into the playoffs playing the three seed. If you're the seventh seed, you got to beat the eighth right. seed to get, to in, get in or then beat the other team if you lose the first one. So it creates a lot more fun scenarios. Like that's sort of the like European soccer where they have promotion and relegation and the top four qualify for Champions League and all that. 
that's sort of the fun of the last day of the the soccer season is like, okay, no, this team isn't going to win the title, but if they win and this other team loses, they finish fourth and they make the champions league, right? Or they finish fifth and they make the Europa league or whatever it is. Like there's more at stake. Even if it's not a championship at stake, when you put more at stake, it makes it more fun. Well, it says, and it's also says pending agreement of the 30 teams. Why wouldn't they want this? Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, if you're the Lakers and you know you're going to be one of the best rewards, like, yeah, we had to go through yeah. We won't go through it again, so why do we care? Yeah, I, I think it, Who it would only, say no to that? Right. It only hurts four teams, the seven and eight seeds from both the East and the West. But you don't know if you're, you're going to be the seventh. But you're not thinking we're going to be the seventh or eight You don't no. know that you're going to be the seventh or eight Because you might seed. be nine or ten and want to get in. Right. And so I can't imagine the team saying no. no. Unless, like... I, I can't. I honestly can't think of a single reason why you would say no. I know. I mean, it's it's no. more games on TV, so conceivably in the future, it's more TV money that you can get from it. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know why you would say unless unless there's a team that's convinced. Oh, this is this is injuries and it's bad for us. But I don't think that's going to happen no. next year. I think no. they'll be fine next year. So, yeah, I don't know. And by the way, Adam Silver did talk a little bit about the injury part of this because we've heard so many people complain he did about talk, it. Yeah, and LeBron. He, Adam Silver, he kind of said that he he was it probably had something to do with it, like the injuries and the condensed schedule is probably a factor in it. But he also kind of gave a very Adam Silver NBA commissioner of a we're not going to know for a few years until right. we can really right. look back and understand and all that. V- very much a hey, he was not putting his league out there to right. be criticized, absolutely. And as a commissioner, he probably shouldn't. Um, but I think when LeBron James especially says something or has an opinion that harshly about something, then the commissioner will eventually respond. Right. Very politically, but he'll respond because it's LeBron James saying it. And even if like even if the NBA does say, you know, yeah, our condensed schedule contributed to these injuries, what were they going to do? Not have a season? Well, were they going to play 40 games? Yeah. Uh, you can't plan for something yeah. like that. You don't want it to happen. I mean, good for Phoenix and Milwaukee, but you know, there's no way they're banging the drums in the de- in, in in the offices that that's the final. Right. Like but you can't predict injuries. And and again, if you go back to the start of the season or when they were planning the season, like would like would anybody have like if they said, okay, we're gonna cut the season down to forty so it's not condensed, I imagine there's a lot of pushback on forty. Right. We can't do forty. Right. We gotta meet our television deals. Yeah. And and I think even the players that yeah. before the season would have said, Yeah, forty seems a little light. Right. What are we doing with forty right. here? So I don't know that there was really a better option for the NBA. If this is if the reason why so many guys got hurt is a condensed schedule, I sure that sucks, but I don't know that there was a genuinely better option for their season this year. A lot of guys got hurt and a lot of guys whose teams had hurt guys had something to say. Yes. It's just the way it is. Because like Chris Paul was asked about it's it just, and, yeah, like, and he didn't complain. No, Chris Paul was not. like, He's listen, finals. he was like Chris Paul said all the players have a say. Like if anybody has a problem, yeah. you can speak up before yeah. The issues. If you had a problem right. with a condensed schedule, you could have spoken up before. And again, nobody did. Chris Paul's in the finals. If Chris right. Paul had, he did get hurt, but if Chris Paul and the Suns had gotten eliminated in the second round because he was, he hurt, said, you know that shoulder injury. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, that's <laughs> he what he might have had a different opinion on it. But yeah, I. It is a lot more of hey, this team lost, and yeah, the I Anthony mean, Davis injury is. You can point to it and say maybe the Lakers oh. win that series if Anthony Davis I mean, is 100 healthy, and the Suns are out in the first round instead of being in the finals. And and even if they get past him. Did they beat Kawhi? Right. It, so, uh, but you, that's you know you can say because you can't prove it. Who knows? He, they got hurt, and you move on, and that's what that's the way it is. Right. It had an effect on the playoffs. Yeah, Nobody's of denying course. that, but it is what it is. Aren't the Nets in the final if all three are healthy? Most likely. Right. So, I mean, I like the they're staying with the plan. The the you know the LeBron he's got opinions about a lot of things. That's fine, but the injuries 
you're not saying if AD if you're in the if you're in the finals you're not hearing anything from LeBron James about injuries. Right. So. If if Anthony Davis had stayed healthy, they're in and, the finals. And say Devin Booker had gotten hurt in right. the first round, he's not saying anything about Devin. Booker. Yeah. And the Lakers are in the finals. LeBron. No. LeBron would be saying with Chris Paul. Well, you could have said you could have stepped up and said something before the season. And Chris Paul would have said what LeBron <laughs> exactly. said and said we got screwed. This condensed schedule screwed all of us. Look at all the injuries. All right. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Sam and Ash, and we'll. Uh, Get into what's happening with Trevor Bauer. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Oh, it's a Wednesday, so you know what that means. Best personal injury attorneys in town. Get to them at Sam and Ash Law on Twitter, 702-820-1234. As the man told you, because you deserve what's right. Uh, a lot of birthdays. Sam's birthday, the dog's birthday. When's Ash's birthday? Is that this week too? A lot of birthdays going on. No, oh my, no, no. Hey guys, uh, my my birthday's in October. So if anyone wants to start planning that party now, go ahead. October what? Uh, fourth. Ooh, ten four. Four, four days after you. Ten four on that. Um, <laughs> so okay, we got to get into some of these things. And Tyler and I want to start off the top with Trevor Bauer. The Dodger pitcher, he's been, uh, you know, he's been asked to leave for a while in terms of the Dodgers to before they figure this out. The when the woman brought the restraining order against Trevor Brower, um, saying that she had not consented to all these sexual acts, the one thing Tyler and I both said, and maybe we were aired in this, and that Trevor Bauer's attorney said we have texts, we have consent. We have her asking for rough sex and all that. So our first, our first reaction was, wait a minute, if he has all that. She has no chance of proving this. So can you take us through the the you know the, the sense of consent? How is this going to be proven? Do you think that there was either consent or not? Okay. So <laughs> the 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 threshold for getting the temporary restraining order is very low. So the fact that she was able to obtain a temporary restraining order is in no way uh, indicative, right? It does not show or, or lend credibility long term to her being able to prove uh, police being able to prove criminal charges and her being able to prove civil uh, assault charge um a, you know a, a, a claim so mm -hmm. i've read some of these text messages because they're out in the media and they're pretty explicit i gotta say um i know this is radio it's a family program i'm not going to get into it but she asks um he says i can't wait to put my arm around your your neck uh and she goes do it um she <laughs> literally um writes uh that she wants it um give me all the pain rar is a direct quote um so i i think look um consent can be withdrawn but it becomes very difficult i'll tell you from from as a criminal case i i could see prosecutors being being challenged to press charges and 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 really seeing this as not being a, a, a case where um, where where they can where they can get a, a guilty. So I, I I'm just from what I'm seeing. She has the restraining order. Does she have to be the one to press charges, or can like just the Pasadena, whatever the police department investigation, can Pasadena end up pressing charges so, uh, if it's not her? 
Yeah, so Pasadena is doing an investigation right now, and they, if they proceed, they'll turn it over to the district attorney's office, and the district attorney will prosecute this on behalf of the people of California. Okay. So that's how prosecutors pursue criminal cases on behalf of victims. She will still be able to, even if prosecutors don't pursue criminal charges against Trevor Bauer, she will still have the ability to pursue a civil action, a civil lawsuit, which she will file against him and likely will. And the reason it is likely to occur is because there's a different standard. Remember O.J. Simpson? Mm -hmm. There's a lot behind that verdict, but the, the burden of proof is very different to get a criminal conviction or a guilty versus a civil guilty. It just seems like just what Sam said and everything that's out there, I don't know what you guys think. It almost seems like she'd have a tough time on the civil side of things. She will, but she's going to want it. She's going to try and get a settlement. She's going to, this yeah, is going okay. to, like, all of Kobe Bryant. Remember right. how Kobe was accused of raping that woman in Colorado? And everyone started digging into her history and claims and credibility and et cetera. But they, they reached a confidential settlement outside of court. No one knows what it is. It's tarnished his record. That bell's been rung. The damage has already been done for Trevor Bauer. And, and, but there will likely be a settlement outside of court. Uh, I was curious your thoughts on uh, Major League Baseball's investigating this. We see all the time sports leagues will be like, oh, we're, we're going to look into whatever criminal activity our, our player has been accused of. Um, how good would you say sports leagues actually are at investigating things of their own players? Well, I think they're getting better and better. I mean, they have to be because they're reacting to, to public pressure, and, 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 and rightly so. Uh, and I will also, yeah, and I'll also say they are getting better. They're at a tough spot because they don't have the power, they don't have the subpoena power that the the police departments do. And so they don't have this ability to go in and, and demand a lot of these documents. And also police departments aren't that willing to cooperate early on. They don't want anyone getting in the middle of their own investigation. This happens with us all the time. If there's a component, a criminal case, like a DUI component, you know, the, the police will hold that vehicle and we can't even investigate it. And we can, they'll send us whatever photos we get or they'll hold up a police report. So MLB, all these professional leagues, they're getting better at conducting investigations and acting quickly to suspend and participate in it, but they're at a disadvantage. Is, and remind me here, I should know this, but is, is civil 100% on the jury or you don't need 100%? You can decide. You can opt in most jurisdictions for either a jury trial or a bench trial, which is just the judge. Okay. If it goes to a jury, though, does it? if she says, I want $10 million, and it goes to the jury, does that have to be unanimous? No. Well, no. Civil, no. Okay, no. okay. That's what I because I thought I think with OJ that's what I remembered I don't know if it was a bench or a jury on the civil but it didn't have to be unanimous in some way for him to for them to side with the Goldmans in that sense. Right. 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 Uh, and as a as a fun side note, our our good friend and um, and mentor was the one who lost that trial on behalf of OJ. So um, I call him a ma he's a man of the people versus OJ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wasn't the one wearing the the uh, costume, was he? No. Okay. No, no, not no. the chicken suit look. <laughs> That's a different that's character. Not, that would literally. Have been a, not a, a bad look in that kind of trial. That's kind of like a well-known trial. Like, Jimmy, take the suit off. This is kind of a big deal here. <laughs> I did want to ask you guys about uh, ESPN's issues of the last couple of days about their NBA Finals host where Rachel Nichols, there's been a conversation she had that was leaked to the New York Times where she was complaining that a job was given to Maria Taylor and she was accusing ESPN that they were pressured into it because they needed to be more diverse. 
But one of the things I was most curious about is in that conversation, Rachel Nichols says that the specific job of hosting the studio show for the NBA Finals was in her contract, but they gave it to Maria Taylor anyway. And if Rachel Nichols is telling the truth, how can ESPN do that? Um, I'm so glad you brought that up because to me, that's the that's the part of the story that is lost in the sensational headlines. If If she's right, and it's in her contract, they're in breach of the contract. And it makes me wonder if they've released this um, unfortunate recording of her, which by the way is not, if you read the transcript or watch the video, is not as terrible as the headline makes it sound. Uh, but nonetheless, I wonder if ESPN released this in an effort to, to, to smear her a little bit because they realize that they're, they're they're in breach of contract and potentially she's, you know, because she was meeting, the whole conversation that was recorded was meeting with some agents and people to get career advice uh, and and to, to get more opportunity that was, you know, being denied her and t- opportunities being actually stripped away from her, according to, you know, what she's, uh, what she's saying. So we, we understand that the, obviously she didn't know the recorder's on. It goes to kind of this mother base at ESPN where all the recordings go to. And Correct. apparently someone saw it and then passed it on. If for whatever reason she was fired, uh, does she, does she, and I, I do believe they found out who um, who leaked it and they kind of gave her lesser job um, responsibilities. Can she go sue that person because she got fired of this and she's losing income? You I could, mean, you know, that's inter- It's actually an interesting thing. You um, probably could, uh, but I don't know if that's the way I would go. For Nichols, what I would do in this situation is move on. If ESPN terminates you, and the, I'm with Sam, I think ESPN accidentally leaked this, and there's an employee-employer squabble going on, mm-hmm. and they're trying to make her less marketable to their competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Because ESPN is floundering, and everyone kind of knows it in the like, public sense. And I, I, I mean, and they've always failed with women's rights and diversity, and they just have. And so I, I, I think this is a squabble between ESPN and Nichols, and they're trying to make her less marketable. Are we allowed to dump on ESPN? I know. Absolutely. I am staring at the Fox Sports Las Vegas yes. studio, so yeah. Go. Absolutely. I mean. So worst case, right? <laughs> so, okay. So, on yeah. on the contract part, if if what Rachel's Nichols is saying is true, it's in her contract and they breached it. Like, what can she get for that? Like, how how can she go back and say, okay, what does she get in return if they? You'd have it? to, yeah. It's a contract, and so it all comes down to the terms of their contract. And she would have to figure out what damages she lost, and she would challenge them and sue them. And um, but it's likely all wrapped up in an arbitration agreement. Yeah, and there are experts that can can like bean counter type experts that will that will put a number on what missed opportunity is and 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 you know the the plaintiff her guy or gal will come up with a bigger number than the defense expert and and that's it's it becomes these these negotiations these arbitrations um lawsuits if they're held in court become it becomes very it's there's a lot of detail and that's what makes them challenging because you have 12 people on a jury if it's a jury trial and they're sitting there listening to this and it, it just their eyes glaze over and they roll back in the back of their heads and then fall asleep final uh final story here want to get your thoughts on robert Irwin, this uh son of the late steve Irwin ran uh, swam with a stingray we know that in 2006 steve Irwin died from being stung in the chest by a stingray so off the great barrier <laughs> reef so 
Robert during he celebrates shark work and discovery by doing this. Um, now he's the talent, I assume. So I assume they're paying him. But where's the liability of this? And I'm not trying to make this you know funny or anything. But does he sign away his liability, or because he's talent, he doesn't have to do that? Like if something tragic happens to him, where's the liability, or does he does he embrace that liability by doing this, knowing these things can happen? Just this. Yeah. Is- we, we ahead, talk Ash. about this a lot. It's all about assumption of risk and what risks is he assuming versus what risks yeah. is he not assuming. He's assuming the risk of jumping in with these wild animals that Discovery Channel can't control. Now, if Discovery is operating the boat and they've got the crew and their boat isn't acting reasonable or safe or up to the standard of care and he gets hurt, that's not something he's assumed. And there, you're right, there are likely a bunch of waivers, but even those waivers, and we discussed this with COVID, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't wave away certain rights and say, I'm assuming these risks if you don't know about them or they're failing to uphold their reasonable duty, if they're acting grossly negligent in some mm-hmm. capacity. You know what waiver I want to read? The guys that get in the cages that go under to see the sharks swim up to them. I want to read those waivers just to see what so, they're trying to protect I've got a funny from. story. I went shark diving in Cabo. Oh. No, oh, no cage. Okay. No cage. I signed some... <laughs> sketchy little I, word document uh, waiver i did with not an, allow this with an <laughs> initial that was i i was like they, they'll never be able to prove this is my signature but it is so ridiculous we were sitting on the boat they're they're trumming the waters trying to get the shark they finally get a shark they yell shark and we all jump in the water and i was like this is absolutely bananas i was like this. so yeah can you imagine an attorney at the level of actually signing this and laughing the whole time, like this is never holding up. <laughs> if something happens great, to me, Sam's, got, a, Sam's on the uh, Sam's on the hook. I mean, he, he, he and I will go in there and like, but see, I can't imagine your thoughts when you sign those things. Saying uh, oh, this isn't happening. It was <laughs> a bunch of lawyers, and we all just laughed when we were signing it. We were like, "This is so funny," and we signed with like weird initials that no one would ever be able to prove it was us. And Donald and trust me, Duck. Duck. <laughs> and I trust me though, I did not. Tell Sam I was going on this oh. until after I survived. Oh my god, you, you could have signed Rocky's initials and it would have been fine. He, he <laughs> yeah. Put Rocky on there. Our Did financial you? planner almost died, I mean, oh. he literally almost dropped dead when he heard about this. Yeah, wow. I saw the video and he was like, like, Not no, no, no. no. Did, you, did you pet the shark? Yeah, uh, no, I did not pet the shark. Oh. I, I just uh, observed. <laughs> How close did the shark get? Um, it was probably Very. like 20 feet away. But I don't think it was. There was also someone else in our trip that I was like, I can outswim her, and that's all I need. <laughs> if this shark starts wow. getting squirrely, <laughs> wow. I, li- I like her. Yeah. <laughs> Ash looked at her. You better sign that waiver. Yeah. <laughs> You're the slowest swimmer in this group. You better sign that waiver. Uh, here we go. At Salmon Law, Salmon Ash Law on Twitter, 702-820-1234. Because you deserve what's right. Best personal attorneys in town. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. See you guys. See you guys. Thanks. Oh, man. Ash on there with like, uh, just sign this. This means nothing. We'll get you out of it. Those waivers, though. I mean, I'm not an attorney. I know those waivers mean nothing. I shouldn't I guess, should we say that? I've, I mean, yeah, I mean. You I've, always hear if you have really good attorneys, Sam and Ash Law, if you can, you'll be fine on the waiver getting out of it. That's all I hear. <laughs> I always hear about that waivers. Well, who's your attorney? I mean, that's the only thing you ever hear about waivers. You'll be fine on the waivers. <laughs> no, yeah. The waivers don't matter. They don't really matter if the attorney's good. Didn't, did we have to sign waivers to get into, like, 
You know, we football games. Yes. And stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I think I, I did. No, so. Raiders too. Did, okay. Temperature and waiver. Yes. I, I didn't get to go to a Raiders game, but I did find it hilarious that it was like, all right, you're signing this waiver in case you get COVID. And then meanwhile, I'm watching Mike Gramala eat and going, okay, this is going to get me sick before COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were waivers though. Yeah. In the last year for everything we covered. Did you sign your real name? <laughs> <laughs> Jared Justice. I've, been, here I've been given legal advice to not sign oh. my real name. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you, Sam and Ash. God dang it. I'm about to look up this Gilbert Arenas story from years ago where he would he would genuinely have he'd go to the strip club, get out like ten thousand dollars on his credit card, have his teammates sign it, and he'd be like, That's not my signature. Yeah. And then he'd get his money back. Well, going through the waivers and the Raiders, I or probably UNOV as well. On, you know, you'll be around people watching them sign. Like, there's no way you can. And I think that's why they also have the line, please print your name. So we don't want just a signature because nobody knows what the hell that means. But you better print your name. I, the Raiders one, we had to do both. We had to yeah. do print and then sign because they're probably wondering, like, oh, we need to know who these people are. All right. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Call Sam at Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, I'm not going to cave in. End of story, dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude, 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 dude. Bischoff's Briefs. Dude. Bischoff's Briefs. I guess you've got a point there. So Bischoff's Briefs today is here to tell you how the Raiders defense has been a statistical anomaly and not in a good way. Um, Michigan Football Analytics uh, did a study looking back at defenses. And in the NFL, 65% of teams that finish with a bottom five defense by EPA do not finish as a bottom five defense the following season. So usually if you're a bottom five defense, you improve the next year, 65% of the time and 37 and a half percent of bottom five defenses actually end up being top half defenses the next year. So there is a better than one in three chance that if you're a bottom five defense, you will be in the top 16 defensively the following season, which would mean if you're looking at the Raiders for next season, they were a bottom five defense last year. There's a 65% chance. They will not be a bottom five defense. And there's a 37 and a half percent chance. The Raiders will actually have a top 16 defense, but this is where it's the Raiders being a statistical anomaly. They have been a bottom five defense for five straight seasons. Five straight seasons, they've been a bottom five defense when 65% of the time, the bottom five defense gets better. Quick probability here for the Raiders to have been a bottom five defense for five straight years. There is a 0.5% chance that that happens. I was going to say between free agency and turnover, that's almost impossible. Right. Because they it's have not had like the exact same guys every new year. Head, there's the new different coordinators, head new head coaches. Yes. And they've spent lots of high draft picks yeah. on defensive players. How they've is it lots impossible? Of free, it's it's, it's impossible. It's a 0.5% chance that that would happen 
five straight years that they would not be out of the bottom five at least one of those <laughs> you years. You can't even get to top six. Right. <laughs> yeah, you cannot get, you know, yes. Well, that's well, 32 take away six, 28. Yeah. Like that, and that's, and that's what we've been saying for years now is like, okay, if the defense can get to 21, 22, Yeah, low 20s, low 20s. They might have a shot. They've got a chance they, to the make playoffs. the playoffs. Exactly. And they, have, they haven't gotten there. They haven't gotten to that point, which is unbelievable that they haven't gotten there. I, I know it's 37%, man, but I don't think they're getting top 16. No, I don't either. That's a huge I jump. don't either. Um, but can they get to 21 or 22? That's, that's kind of the key. Now, what I do actually find fascinating about this is when you're trying to judge teams from year to year, it's kind of a, a little bit of a proof here that defenses are more unpredictable and less stable year to year than offenses are. And I, I think it might be too simplistic, but is it simply because of quarterbacks? Because on offense, you have a quarterback. And if you have a good quarterback, you're going to score almost points. every time yeah. you're going to have a top 10 offense, yeah. right? Whereas on defense, there's not that one player that's that important. Right. And it, that sounds really simplistic, but I think that might be it where good to, you know, Bottom five offenses usually have bottom five quarterbacks, and unless you get a quarterback that's not bottom five, or you're going to stay in the bottom five, and on the flip side, if you got a top five quarterback, you're going to have a top five offense most of the time. Whereas on defense, okay, you know, you have one of the five best edge rushers, but if the rest of the... That guy's just not as right. important as the quarterback. So what Tyler is saying is defense wins championships. Randomly good defenses win championships. I thought he was saying the series doesn't start till you lose at home. <laughs> it's one of the two. Um, no, it's a great point by you because what impact does the best edge rusher have? 13, 14 sacks? I, who, who led the, whoever led the league in sacks last year? Right. If you're getting that's, a sack a game, that's a okay, big deal. And that's, that's fine, but that's 16, 76, whatever. And someone like Derek Carr pretty much influences every offensive right. play. Right. So, yeah, that, even, that's not – I think your theory is good. Even if you extrapolate it out to how many hits, how many pressures do it they get. It doesn't even come close. It's you're, – you're still under – you're still in single digits. Absolutely. Right? And he, you could even say, okay, the best edge rusher, he generates double teams, and that helps that lead matter. other it, guys It's never going to be more important than the quarterback. Right. It's, Ever. it's not going to be. So I, I think that's what it is. And so if you are team building – if you're roster building, you should pretty much always focus more on offense than defense. Like, obviously, there's going to be holes you need to fill, and obviously having great players on defense is good, but it's like it's easier as an organization, it's easier as a franchise to control being good on offense, so that's where you should spend your money because it's easier to have a competent defense without spending a lot of money than it is to have a competent offense without spending a lot of but money. But of late, they've spent their money right. defensively. And they, and they suck is, And they still yeah. stink. Like, again, you brought it up. I mean, That's probably the most amazing thing. Is it's, They've made an effort. Yeah. Different head coaches, different defensive coordinators. They've signed a lot of defensive players. They've drafted, drafted a lot, lot of defensive players. And they're still players, bottom five. And every year it hasn't mattered. Okay. I'll, I'll go to the local college team. I know it's completely different. It's signing compared to free agents, whatever. I mean... How many coaches have UNLV had? Seriously, yeah. and they've been terrible defensively. It's yeah. weird. It's like, how can you be that bad defensively for so long when you've gone through since I've been here? Sanford, Hout, Sanchez, or the four head coaches since I've been here. Obviously, new coordinators, and you haven't been better defensively. Yeah, I think they've. Had, That's amazing. I think in the last like fifteen years, they've had one competent defensive season or something, like one year where they didn't give up thirty points right. a game or something ridiculous like that. And I know. And part of my theory during the Tony Sanchez era was, and I can't remember the exact number, but most of their like three-star ranked recruits 
were offensive. offensive it was guys. like 63% of their three-star ranked recruits were offensive players, where defend, most of their defensive players were unranked or two-star guys. So once that plays out, they almost always had a solid offense under Tony Sanchez. Horrible defensively. Yeah, but they were terrible defensively. Yeah. I don't know if that was true for Hawk and, and people before right. Sanchez, but I think that was my theory for the Tony Sanchez era was, well, he's had good recruiting classes. It's just almost always the offensive guys. And on the flip side of that, they had a lot of guys like Alexian and Thomas who wasn't uh, like wasn't highly ranked at all recruiting wise that would break out. They had offensive right. players that were you know uh, nobody knew of. Surprised everyone. they almost never had a defensive player that was like oh that guy nobody had heard of before and he was awesome. I'd love to know the season you're talking about because we've been here. I think the family's been here 13, 14 years, and I cannot remember a year where they were good defensively. And I'm not even saying like good defensively. I, I I mean they've been terrible defensively. It's one thing to be like, hey, you're just you're not that good, but you're making plays and your offense is good enough. You're kind of staying in games. It's just the numbers. The numbers defensively for UNLV literally have been like video game numbers. Like yeah. they've been it's like, okay, there's no chance you can continue to be this poor on this side of the ball. You go back through the numbers. It's it's like they're almost fictitious. So, the year they made a bowl game, they ranked the Hulk year at the the Dallas Bowl. Yes, okay. they ranked sixth in scoring defense in the Mountain West. They take that right now. Uh, every other year, they have been uh, ninth or worse. Yeah. Um, but what's amazing is even in the year that they made a bowl game and ranked sixth, they still gave up 31.8 yeah. points per game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and I know it's so, the Mountain West. In the old whack days, it's an offensive conference. I get all that. Boise and all these teams to score, but... Yeah, it's just been you go back and you start doing like whether it's a column or a story or you know you know the stuff you write for on your end and you start looking at numbers and it's almost like it's not believable. Like you can't be you can't give up every year thirty two plus you know four fifty plus. It's amazing that they've been able to do that, or not been able to do it, but that they've done it. Yeah. So UNLV football. This what I'm looking at only goes back to two thousand and nine. Uh, they have given up at oh, least. We don't get the Baylor year. We have given up at. Le- they have given up at least uh, thirty-one point eight points per game every year since two thousand nine, and I'm sure it goes back farther than that. I just can't quickly pull it up. But yeah, it's. I mean, that's it, like with the Raiders. It's almost like it, that can't be true. Like you can't do. You can't be that bad that long. Yeah, you would think at some point you would accidentally have a good defense, or yeah. or just or no, a, a competent, a one. competent one. Yeah. Right. And yeah, but it, it hasn't happened. It's it's kind of strange that we have. Two, two football teams, teams in this yes. town, and they both suffer from the same. Wow, you've been right. bad on defense forever. It seems right. like. Like, when's the last time you fielded a competent defense? When's the last time you had a good defense? For the answer for both of them is like a long time. Never. <laughs> like, it, it's incredible how bad they've been defensively for both. I'm more and apt to. I don't know what you think about this because it is recruiting. You're they're at a level of recruiting. They're not getting going to get the best recruits. They're not going to beat up power fives. I, I get that. I think it's more damning for the Raiders. Yes. Because you have so much more control with free agency and who you draft and you know who you take and what you do than it is for UNLV where it's a kind of bottom level Mountain West team where your your recruiting is just not going to be up to par with like power fives and others. So you kind of get who you get in a lot of instances. I don't think the Raiders have any excuses. Yes, like to be that bad for five straight years. The Raiders were able to draft Khalil Mack. Yes, they were able to draft one of the guys who's been a top five edge rusher yeah. since they drafted him. And well, I think they had one season with Khalil Mack where they weren't bottom five. Like, right. They were able to draft a really good deal. The, the UNLV is never getting a guy that's one of the five best edge rushers no. in college football. No. The Raiders can actually attain yes. that guy. They had that guy and still couldn't put together good defenses. All right.
Coming up next. Actually, no, we have tickets to give away. Real held on at first by Olsen. 3-1, and Alvarez drives it deep to left. Going back on it is Pender. Looking up. See you later. We're tied at six. You're on Alvarez. 1-1 one, one pitch. Belton to deep left field. And it is off the fence. The Royals have won it. Perez got a pitch to hammer, and hammer it he did. And the Cincinnati Reds have handed the Royals a victory. The 0-1. Outside. Off the catcher's mitt. Marte breaks for third. The throw on a bounce. Gets away. Marte gets up. He's running home. He's going to go with a head first dive, and he scores. The Marlins walk it off. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. God, I was mad at that. First of all, they're like they're like one of the last thirty in RISB. Like, get, can you get a hit when someone's on second? Um, Will Smith and I love Will Smith. I do, but why are you trying to get Marte? You're not going to throw him out. You know, the Dodgers last threw out a guy in like 1966. They don't throw in anyone. So they're trying to get Marte at third. It's it, it's extra innings. There's two outs. And you bounce it to Turner. And by the way, Turner, why don't you drop to your knees and just stop the ball and let the guy have third and just get the next guy out? He tries to glove it, and it goes off, and they win. What? And you know what I told my friend Will, Will the Dodger fan? Deserve to lose that one. It's a joke that they can't get a runner in from scoring position. But what is Will Smith throwing that for? You have no chance to get that guy. Oh, screaming like that. Thank God. The wife would take the daughter out. It was her birthday, and she wanted some pictures, and the son and I were at the house. And he was mad because the NBA game wasn't on. The scream I let out when Will Smith threw that ball. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say. I just, I, I, my, Will and I were texting like immediately. Why is he throwing the ball? He can't throw that guy out. Okay, so Tyler, in the break, you mentioned it. By the way, congratulations to Paolo, who won two tickets to see the U.S. Men's National Team play Nigeria on Saturday. God. For anybody Was that know, the highlight? For anybody that doesn't know, the Dodgers lost an extra innings yesterday okay. because their catcher threw it away trying to throw a runner out at third. Um, Was that asking? the highlight that you wanted? Yes, that is the exact <laughs> highlight I wanted because of what Ed just did God. for five minutes. I just, I, we, we're not I getting so to, sorry, mad. Mike, we're not getting to your voice. Yeah. We'll get to it tomorrow. I'm just so mad. I just, yeah. I don't, they, they stink at throwing guys out. They're horrible. They're terrible. I don't know if it's their pitchers or it's just Will Smith and Barnes can't throw from me to you. <laughs> but Marte, who has a lot of speed, <laughs> takes off because the ball's in the dirt. It, it is a while. I mean, he does well to stop the ball, but. Control the ball. Get it back. Get it back to the pitch, and let's get the next guy out. <laughs> he would rather eat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Had the bullpen blown it, it would have been the exact same reaction. It's terrible. Lost two to those bums. And by the way, what happens? Oh, what a shock! The Giants start losing games. It could be in first by a game and a half right now. Giants losing right now, but you lose a game. You get the Padres coming out. Now they're three and a half out now. The Giants finally lose a game. They haven't lost like since April. Lose back to back. We lose back to back to the Marlins. We we can't pick up a game. It's terrible. And the Padres won yesterday. Uh, yes. Didn't oh, they? why wouldn't they? Of course, I can lose two straight to Washington. <laughs> they stink. This is so great. It's just oh, it's just things like that. I, if you want to meet over the edge, that 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 kind of stuff, just you know. Oh, and another thing, Trinan, uh, no Goslin. Goslin's got a a two hit shutout in the sixth yesterday. It's one nothing. Two hit shutout. All of a sudden, for some reason, here comes Big Davy Roberts to make the change. He brings in some kid named Reed to make his major league debut. I'm like the guy's throwing a shutout. You bring this guy in, what happens? Single walk, air single tie game. 
It, it was it, absolutely that was going to happen. Oh, <laughs> screaming on Twitter about that one, direct messaging people. They, how they win with this guy as the manager and how he deals with pitches is beyond me. They've won for years with this guy. He has no feel for pitching. I, Gosselin's probably like, what the hell are you coming out here for? I got a two-pitch shutout. There's no one on base. Let me bring in the guy who's never pitched in the major leagues to, to face the heart of the order. Single, walk, air, tie game. <laughs> now, Tyler, I, I, when that guy changed that picture yesterday, I was off the charts. Two direct messages immediately to my friends. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, you laugh at me. This stuff this stuff drives me nuts. Why I have to run so much, the blood pressure. <laughs> the only reason I run so I, I gotta get I gotta get the the blood pressure down. I just enjoyed that in the middle of this whole thing, we found out that he didn't go hang out with his daughter on her birthday because the Dodgers no, were on. No, that was it was something else. Right. I, no, we we hung out. We we got her. She did well, but I didn't go down the strip to take like the picture for the Instagram, which is a whole other story. <laughs> have to have the birthday picture. I'm just trying to get away without saying anything this entire segment. <laughs> Just letting head go because every six seconds he reminds yeah. River something else that annoyed him from the Dodgers. It's been great. I wish you had been on. You missed the show after the Rays won Game Four of the World Series on the stupidity play. Did I miss that one? Yeah, you were with Adam Hill somewhere. I don't know. It was great. Uh.